What's going on, everybody? Zach Lavire here, along with my co-host, Eric Newman. This is episode 22 of the Take It Easy Sports Show here on ArizonaVarsity.com. Eric, the Cardinals just blew out the Dallas Cowboys. The defense played amazing. Offense was on fire, and my fantasy team is moving to 5-1. and one. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm trying to think of the uh, the best number 22 in sports history. The first thought I had was Andrew Wiggins, um, so i got to pick something better than that. Um, do you have a thought of a number 22? I don't. I kind of wish you would have told me this ahead of time because I would have done some research, but, um, I don't, that's, that's kind of like one of those like weird numbers that I don't really think about a whole lot. Like yeah. I can think of, you know, a couple of number 21s maybe, but I mean, 22. 21's gone all over the place. Um, well, yeah. And I'm looking at, a, I'm looking at, a, I'm looking at a gif right now of Patrick Peterson dancing in number 21. So that's why I kind of yeah. thought, oh, look, Patrick Peterson, 21. The reason I asked is because there's a very famous cowboy, um, who was number 22 and his name was Emmett Smith. Well, um, yeah. Okay. I knew that one. And I just, I thought of cowboys and famous cowboys in 22. Um, so inside the mind of Eric Newman. Anyway, I'm good. Um, <laughs> we just finished up week three of the AIA football season. Um, there's some undefeated teams. There's been some surprises. It's been fun. I've really enjoyed it so far. It's, uh, you know, it's crazy that we're almost at the halfway point of the season. And for um, 4A and under, it's after this game, it'll be a little over halfway, technically. Um, it feels like it took so long to get to this point, And now it's just kind of flying by. It always does. Well, it's kind of funny you say that because we, you know, third week of October now, it probably would be pretty close if not. Um, actually, no, we'd be almost in the playoffs at this point if we started on regular time. Yep. But obviously, given the pandemic and, you know, the delays with everything in the season, not even starting until October. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to think that, you know, the weather's going to be getting pretty cool here. And well, hopefully, um, and we're going to be still middle of the season when usually it doesn't really get cold until playoffs start. Um, everything is just really, really weird and different, but I'm very thankful that we have sports. So Definitely. hopefully we can keep it, obviously. Ricky Henderson. Anyway, um, I am. Was that, was that another 22 that you were th 22. thinking of? Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about um kind of games we saw a little bit of what we're looking forward to in this coming week. Um, today is the 19th of October, so it'll be the 23rd. And I, I don't know if there's a Saturday game or anything this coming weekend, but uh, we, we're going to talk a little bit with Andrew Morgan, uh, one of the interns, Chili's intern, uh, unofficially or officially, however you want to talk about it. Um, we interviewed him. It was a fun time. He's a sophomore at Boulder Creek and is more innovative than I've ever been in my life. And I'm an ASU grad. Um, so that's like the one thing <laughs> we're supposed to have. But yeah, so that'll be coming up after we talk a little bit. But let's get into this. What game are you going to uh, this week for Friday Night Lights? I know you've got a big one. Uh, Roger Clemens. Uh, I will actually be at Saguaro and Hamilton. So that's going to be the... Obviously, the game that's going to be on national television is going to be on ESPN2. Uh, it does also start at 6 p.m. Now, I'm not anticipating to be done earlier than usual because with all the TV timeouts, I'll probably still be there until like 1030 or 11. Um, but obviously, you know, a big one. I'm sure along with myself, several Arizona varsity members will be there along with several other media members from, you know, around the state. Um It'll be interesting to see, you know, how many of us are allowed in. Uh, hopefully all of us. I should probably send an email to let them know that I'm coming ahead of time. That way I have, you know, a guaranteed spot on the sideline or wherever. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not much to really say about this game. Everyone knows about Saguaro. Everyone knows about Hamilton. This is a potential preview of an open division Man, it could even be an open division championship game. Now, obviously, Chandler is also standing in the way of that, but two of the top teams in the state, and you know, I think everyone has already said it for the most part, but Chandler, Hamilton, Saguaro, 
And then right now, what it seems like everybody else is kind of falling in behind those three. So, you know, it's not it's not usual that we get two of the top teams in the state matching up this early in the season. And when I say two of the top teams, I literally mean two of the top three teams in the state. Um, obviously, Chandler and Hamilton play every single year at the end of the season, but, you know, not in week four. So I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a very, very fun atmosphere, I believe, even with, you know, all the restrictions on fans and everything like that. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Moses Malone. I am going to Desert Edge and Ironwood. Um pair of three and O teams from the West side or West Valley. We've, we've argued about this before, uh, whatever they are, they're on the Western part of Maricopa County. And um, that's going to be a really good one. I am both have D one level quarterbacks, um, some defenders that can really play some good receivers, uh, offensive lines that are uh, experienced I'm really excited for this one. It'll be the last week I went to uh, Liberty and Sunrise Mountain, and it was the first game out of four uh, varsity games that was actually close even a little bit. Um, so I'm hoping that this one stays the same way. We watched, um, speaking of a lot of people on the sidelines, half, it seemed like half of our team AZV was there at um, Cactus when they took on Desert Edge. And, you know, we were we were really impressed with Desert Edge's defense. Um, they blanked Cactus, which had scored 43 the week before, and really made them look pretty pedestrian. But their offense didn't show up in the same way we were expecting. Um, and so I think that both sides of the ball are going to have to play great because Ironwood's a good team. Um, and Will Haskell's going to move around a lot. He's their star. But that's going to be a really exciting one. Yeah, you know, not to take a you know a cheap shot or anything like that, but um, you know, Desert Edge's offense kind of showed up just as much as the Houston Rockets do in the NBA playoffs. And speaking of the Houston Rockets, Clyde Drexler, number twenty-two, all-time great. Um, but no, to your point, um, their defensive line, in my opinion, was incredible. I was so impressed with the size of that defensive line and just that defense in general. Uh, Desert Edge has speed. They're very physical up front. They obviously are very, very strong. I mean, RJ Roberts was an absolute monster uh, on Saturday night. I was incredibly impressed with him. Um, I mean, he, he just, it seemed like every single play, if they didn't put two guys on him, he was in the backfield. And, you know, credit to Cactus's offensive line for obviously, you know, not getting up, even though not giving up, I should say, even though they were getting beat up a little bit there. And even more credit to their quarterback who, man, I mean, he was hammered all night long and he kept getting up and he's not a very big dude either. I mean, you said he's what, five, nine, five, ten. If that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, credit to him, credit to that entire cactus team really for, you know, being undersized compared to Desert Edge and still really fighting all the way to the end there. I mean, 12-0, everyone thought that it was going to be a blowout of like 30 or 40 points. So a lot of credit to Cactus as well, but Desert Edge's defense, I was extremely impressed with. Definitely. Um, by the way, Clayton Kershaw, I, um, I have been not super surprised that Desert Edge is 3-0, and but there are some teams that, you know, have kind of surprised some people. We talked about Corona Del Sol before. Um, a lot of people now think that they have a chance to go undefeated. What was the most surprising result to you um, this week? I kind of think uh, Mountain View beating Red Mountain 16-13 was the final score there. Our gridiron Arizona, Chris Eaton, was there at that one. Um, I was looking at updates while the game I was watching was going on. Um, but, you know, they're 3-0 and as well. And incredibly impressive that, you know, Mountain View snuck into the playoffs last year. They were at number 15, and then they ended up beating Brophy in the first round. But, yeah. you know, that's not a team that you expect to be. Um, they have good coaching. Uh, Mike Fell is a good coach over there. They've got some talent. Uh, Mountain View cares about their system and everything, but um, they weren't a team that people were expecting to be this good at this point. 
Um, and I know they've got some tough games coming up, including uh, Basha, and then they play at uh, or they play against Corona del Sol the last week of the year. So if this streak continues, one of them's going to have to fall off. But is there anybody that you've been thinking of? I'm thinking of Larry Nance right now. That's a good um, to be thinking of. Yeah, good one for number twenty-two, right? Um, no, but uh, you know, the, one of the scores that really surprised me the most, I think, and not because you know they're not a good team or whatever, because this is obviously a very, very talented program. Castile over Queen Creek. Um, they held Queen Creek to seven points, and granted, Castile scored twelve. So obviously with Queen Creek's offense, you know, we we talked about it with Ralph last episode. They have like what, five power five or division one players on that defense alone. So yeah, maybe not a lot of teams are gonna be able to score a ton of points against Queen Creek. But Castile and even Andrew Morgan mentioned this in our podcast. You know, just four or five years ago, this was a three A football team. That's it. Like four or five years ago. Five or six years ago, maybe. They were a 3A football team. And now we're talking about Castile potentially being in the open division. I mean, I, you know, looking at their schedule, they've already beaten Boulder Creek, which is obviously a very improved team. They've beaten Higley, which has who has Kai Milner, one of the best quarterbacks in the state. They've beaten Queen Creek now, who is obviously was a preseason open division, you know, favorite to make it as one of the higher seeds. And, you know, they've got a Williamsfield team next week, or sorry, this week, I should say, who has kind of been struggling a little bit. Obviously, it's not going to be an easy game. Then they have Perry, Chaparral, Desert Ridge, and Red Mountain. Now, Chaparral, we haven't seen yet because, obviously, with the whole COVID situation, Perry got beat up by Chandler, and Desert Ridge and Red Mountain seem to be a little down this year. I don't know what's going on over there. Maybe just, you know, could be injuries, could be just a young team. Both of those coaching staffs are great, so I'm sure they're going to turn it around, but you know, we could be looking at an 8-0, 7-1 Castile team. And, you know, no one thought they were going to be Queen Creek. So, I don't know. I mean, I, that that kind of impressed me the most because it kind of showed me that not only is Castile's offense for real, we've known that with Isaiah Newcomb and, you know, Dane Christensen and all those guys, but their defense is for real as well. Definitely. Robinson Cano says that speaking of high school football, I think we should get to the interview with Andrew Morgan. We talked a lot about this there, and I uh, I think we should get to that. I think so, too. So uh, I think Matt Forte liked our interview with, uh, with Andrew Morgan as well. So uh, let's go ahead and bring Andrew on and... Uh... See what his what see what he thinks. We're gonna we're gonna get to know Andrew Morgan a little bit. He is he is Chili's intern. Uh, he does a lot of very cool things with Arizona Varsity, and overall, just a very very talented sophomore in high school. Yes, you heard that right. Very talented. He's got a bright future in this in this field for sure. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring on Andrew. Andrew, how you doing? Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, man, it's it's a pleasure. Right on. So, uh, you know, as we kind of uh, said in the introduction here, you are an intern with Arizona Varsity. Uh, we're very lucky to have you because you've already brought, you know, some very cool ideas and you've executed them. And, you know, just everything that you've been doing is so different from what I've seen done, not only with Arizona Varsity, but just in general. Um, so I want to kind of start from the beginning, though, for you. Where did you become interested in, in kind of getting into the whole sports media realm? So from, I'd say about the age of eight, I mean, pretty, pretty young age, um, like football's always been on in our house. Um, both my parents were high state grads. So obviously I'm a Buckeye fan, um, grew up a Cleveland fan. Sometimes that's rough, but you know, football's always been a big thing, um, in our house. And so, um, it's kind of grown on me as time has, as, as, uh, progressed and I've, uh, always really enjoyed it. So. When it got time where I could actually take uh, like a media productions class in school, uh, my freshman year of high school, um, I just went with that and I uh, thought it'd be a cool thing to try. And I've pretty much run with it ever since. I mean, it's been a uh, pretty cool gig so far. That's awesome, man. And uh, I have to say, I, I had to go give you a little oof there when I heard Ohio State fan. I don't know if you and I have talked about this or not, but I am from Michigan, so... Um... 
you know, I might have to cut this interview short a little bit here. Hey. But, uh... <laughs> I mean, week one coming up, I'm excited. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm also a Notre Dame fan, so um, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, you know, your your soft schedule isn't going to favor you to get into the playoffs. So. <laughs> I mean, come on, man! You don't even play Wisconsin. You don't play Minnesota when you're only playing conference games. What is that? Yeah, we we got a pretty easy draw, so hopefully we go eight and zero and. <sighs> It's messed know, up. Make a run. Leave it up to the selection committee. <laughs> it's messed up, man. It's messed up. Um, you you're a sophomore at Boulder Creek, so it's not like you're an intern. You know, getting doing this for college credit. You're legitimately doing this out of just the pure interest that you have in in obviously sports media and everything like that. Um, first of all, just being a sophomore and kind of doing stuff like this is it is it difficult at times to kind of handle everything yeah there's a lot to balance i mean i'm involved in a lot and so you know keeping track of my calendar and everything like that in addition to school um is tough at times um but i mean i've really i just do it because i enjoy it i mean i it's something i want to do for the foreseeable future if not for my career um, so it's always been something I love to do and, you know, here's my chance. I, uh, Ralph gave me a great opportunity to get my foot in the door and I ran with it. So Andrew, how did you get, um, in touch with Ralph and all the Arizona varsity people? Um, you mentioned your football interest and everything, but like, uh, I know that you've got your, um, you're an intern or a student writer, I don't know what your technical title is for Foothills Focus, but how did you get involved with, you know, the Team AZV guys? How did you hear about it? Uh, what was that like? Yeah, so I've been a pretty big consumer of Arizona Varsity content for a while. Um, you know, just following uh, preps in the state, uh, you know, just keeping track. Uh, kind of backing my boys at Boulder Creek, you know. Um uh, making sure they're looked after and all that. But um, I really just saw a tweet one day from Ralph talking about an internship program. And um, I was, you know, I wrote an email that day. I was really interested. Uh, and, you know, here we are a couple months later with the ball rolling and content being produced and all that. But, um, I mean, that it was pretty much a cold call email um, to get into Arizona Varsity um, and kind of get that uh, – door open for me but at, uh, at Foothills Focus um, which was previously a 5086 magazine there was a student writer who was graduating uh, she was going to go to Northwestern and obviously didn't have time because uh, she was moving away and I had known her for a while uh, she had known that I would really enjoyed writing for a while but at that point I had never written for a publication um, and so she just texted me out of the blue one day and uh, I figured I'd give it a shot and obviously it's, you know, I don't regret anything. It's been awesome. Absolutely. Are you, um, you know, you were the first kid. Zach and I interview high school kids almost every day because of our jobs with high school sports. But you're the first one I think that uh, we can kind of talk on record with uh, being a sophomore at Boulder Creek about school. How is, I mean, how crazy is it right now? Zach and I are both washed up. We both graduated several years ago, um, so we're not in classes and everything. But how is school right now? Are you in person or are you online? Or take us through kind of just like a day in the life of a high school student right now. It's got to be nuts. Yeah, so we were in person um, until a staggered start uh, towards the end of September. Me being a sophomore, um, I didn't go back until October 4th, I believe. Um, so I'm in school now. I'm going. Um, it's been a journey, to say the least. Um, definitely a lot different. Um, a little disappointing, you know, uh, at times. But obviously it's important to keep everybody safe and, you know, do our due diligence uh, in our day-to-day lives. But yeah, for me, like a general day for me, let's take Fridays, right, game days probably the most uh, fun day of the week for me wake up uh, about 6 30 I generally don't go to morning practices uh, for any schools because I have school myself Um, but I'll wake up get ready go to school and then get out around 2 15 
uh, sometimes like 12.30 if it's a half day. Come home, I'll uh, research a little bit about my game that I'm going to. I'll head out, um, like last week, last week I went to Queen Creek at Castile, that was a really fun one. Um, and then I just, you know, produce content as much as I can, whether that's live tweeting, uh, taking video and doing little edits afterwards, which I've been really enjoying lately, uh, taking photos and sharing them. Um, really just anything to help the kids get the exposure they need, but also to kind of build my own brand and, uh, you know, slowly improve on everything that I do. And, you know, you, you just touched on kind of the video and like the picture aspect of everything you do, but you do much more than that. Uh, talk to me about how this whole Madden simulation for game of the week came about with, uh, with Chili. Yeah, so... This was an idea I have had for a couple of years now, um, just thinking about seeing high school players in video games. I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, so in my email to Ralph, actually, like in my, uh, I guess, applications, so to speak, um, I included that idea. And he said he had done it in, uh, I believe, 2013, 2012, somewhere around there. Um, and it took a lot of time, but he said he'd love to bring it back. Um, and so once we got started and everything, um, he connected me with Chili, and he's been awesome to work with. Um, just a very well-known uh, mind in the state and really all over. And so uh, working with him has been awesome. But yeah, really, I mean, I I build the rosters, I get everything set. I'm watching all the film on these teams to make sure I get those details right. And then when it comes Tuesday night. Um, you know, Chili and I just do some play-by-play on it and have a little bit of fun. What is it like working with that guy? He, um, Zach and I are both good friends of his, um, but we know he's, he's a funny, interesting dude. Um, we don't always understand what he's talking about all the time. Um, and I think Zach, I speak for you when I say that, correct? Oh, Absolutely. Um, what is it like, you know, you're his, uh, I don't know what this even means, but you're technically his intern is what it says on your Twitter account. What is it like with him as a, with him as a boss or as a, uh, someone just to report to and everything? What is that like? Yeah. So that's, that's a running inside joke. Um, I originally had, uh, I believe it was hashtag team AZV intern in my bio. Um, and one day I was like, we were, I was just thinking about different ideas because I changed my at, actually, funny story that we'll get to later. Um, but um, I was changing up my bio, and I thought it would be funny to include that because, uh, you know, maybe I'll get a few extra followers out of that, just people knowing who he is rather than know who I am initially. Um, but, yeah, he's he's uh, a funny guy to work with, um, but he's he's been in the game for a long time. Um, and he knows what he's talking about, especially when it comes to young talent, um, talent that not many people have, have seen so far when it comes to, um, you know, 2023 20, and 2024 talent. He's just the guy, I feel like. Um, he, he knows everybody. He's very, uh, you know, well-spoken when it comes to, uh, you know, trying to hype these guys up. And I thought uh, that was really cool. So it's awesome to have him on the broadcast um, as kind of a, a play-by-play uh, type role, kind of a color commentary type role. Uh, I just really enjoy working with them, and I think it's something that we could do for for a while. Yeah, and you know the I think I even told you in person that when you were actually kind of uh, you know doing some color commentary yourself of the Chaparral Saguaro uh, simulation. I even told you that, you know, you, you should really think about having a future in that because you were a natural um, and you did a really good job with it. And I, I truly enjoy watching those every Tuesday night. I think it's it's fun. It's unique. It's something that I've personally never seen before, kind of like what I told you already. Um, but, you know, we're recording this on Monday night. It probably won't come out until Wednesday or Thursday. So I'm going to ask you right now, what is the game of the week for the simulation? Um, I feel like it's a pretty obvious one. It's going to be the game on ESPN. It's going to okay. be Hamilton <laughs> at Saguaro. Um, I feel like that's a no-brainer this week. Um, one of the biggest games of the year. So it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, obviously we're, we're 
recording this beforehand, so we don't know the result of the sim. But yeah. uh, if you're listening now, you can go head over to the Twitch channel. I believe it's twitch.tv slash Arizona Varsity uh, and go watch that if you haven't already because uh, I'm sure that'll be a good one. And I have to ask as well because you kind of alluded to it last week, but uh, I think it was, yeah, Chili asked if Brandon Buckner from Chandler, obviously a star defensive end, committed to Oregon, if he was a 99 rating. And you said no, but we were going to see one later in the season. I have to ask, is Cole Martin a 99 rating or 98 rating, whatever it was? So the whole idea behind this is these 99 ratings are, you know, definitely don't come easy. I yeah. rated these guys pretty low to start the season, and I, you know, upgrade these guys uh, based on like weekly performance. Cole Martin is up there. I'm telling you, he is at least a 97 by the end of the season. Might be a 99. I mean, he's one of the main ballers. But I think you can guess, uh, you know, who the 99s are. I mean, they're gonna be Quint Somerville and Nico Marquial. Uh, you know, two of uh, the top recruits in the state. Uh, those guys, I think, have earned it, uh, you know, and to earn it this early in the season uh, really shows something. I mean, they've both been very disruptive. Obviously, Somerville um, on the defensive side of the ball, but Nico on the offensive side. Um, and I really enjoy both their games. I mean, they're both very well-rounded players. So I have to ask as well, because you said that you decide or yeah, you decide on all the ratings and, and everything for these players. How do you, one, compile all the rosters and the depth charts and everything? Because obviously in high school, it's not like, you know, you can just, you know, search Saguaro depth chart and then find, you know, everyone there. Um, and then two, how do you come up with the rankings? Yeah, so to compile the rosters, week one was the toughest because there's no film to go off of. Um, so I was asking around coaches and inside sources kind of who's starting, um, you know who's uh, going to get some time, and so I think week one that was the uh, Shap Sawaro game that was mm. uh, canceled, which was kind of unfortunate. Um, but it was a very good test run for the start. Um, but week two and on, I go back and watch the team's film um, from the previous week and sometimes even you know multiple weeks um, to get basically who's playing where. And then I talk to coaches as much as I can, see what they'll give me. Um, you know, sometimes they're very secretive, which makes sense. Um, but as for ratings, I really compile a list of rivals rankings and my own evaluations, watching film and all that, put them together, and I uh, get a you know well-rounded product of uh, what I think this guy's uh, you know overall rating is going to be. And then from there, I'll go through and see what their best traits are and make sure I mark those higher than others. And, I'll, and then I'll go through and see what their worst traits are and make sure those are lower. So how long does that whole process take? Like, when did you start working on Shep, I'm sorry, uh, Hamilton and Saguaro? Um, so I do it on a weekly basis. Um, okay. So I just started, you know, uh, so we're recording this on Monday, just started Sunday, just yesterday. Um, so it's a couple day window. Um, but it's a lot to cram in. So um, I hit the film. I can get the film on Sunday night. Um, so have a big film session then. And then pretty much spend most of Monday uh, grading these guys, uh, getting all their height weights and their, their ratings and all that, and then make the roster and do the sim on Tuesday. So you've been doing this a little bit now. Um, and one thing that, you get used to um, some people more than others. This is very important, and, and it'll eventually happen one day, but I want to know if it's happened yet. Have you gotten the angry tweet? Have you gotten the um, angry DM? Or have have you gotten any negative reactions based on what you've said about a player or anything yet? Of course. I mean, there's always going to be people... <laughs> um, you know, that aren't going to agree, and that's perfectly okay. Um, but I'm just taking the knowledge that I have and what I see on film, um, and then obviously incorporate a, a star rating and a rival's ranking into that. So it's not just me. It's also, you know, the system. Um, and that's what the final product is. If they don't agree, I always tell them, you know, go show me on film. 
which is a uh, you know one of my popular responses <laughs> for sure. So I it doesn't really bother me. I mean I'm here for the for the uh, the content. I'm here for uh, the fun that I have on Tuesday nights. So I, it's been a fun project, and I won't let that go to my head. Give us the example, if you could, of the uh, the most funny or the the worst uh, reaction you've gotten. You don't have to say the uh, names right. or anything. Yeah, so I'm not going to name a name, um, but there was a player, uh, I believe it was, uh, it, was, it was early in the season, it was week two or week three, somewhere in there. Um, I guess we still are early in the season. Um, DM'd me during the broadcast, because I have my Twitter open in a separate window just to kind of monitor what's going on. Um, DM'd me in on Twitter and said they didn't agree and they wanted the simulation redone because their team was losing at that point, um, <laughs> which was kind of interesting. Um, and then they proceeded to come into the Twitch chat and harass uh, others. And so, uh, I mean, it's pretty plain and simple. They just got removed from the stream. Um, but yeah, that was probably the funniest. Like, I, I laughed at that one. Uh, that was pretty funny. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, they can have their opinion. But, you know, I'm just here to have fun. I'm here to give people a good time. And there's a core audience uh, that's growing that, you know, comes out on Tuesdays. So I'll keep uh, tailoring to them. <laughs> was it, you might have already said this, was it a player or like a parent that you know of? It was a player. Yeah, oh, it man. was a player directly, which kind of, uh, it says a lot about him. I have to say that. I mean, it says a lot about someone's character. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can just, you know, chop it up to them being pretty passionate. Um, so uh, this Friday, uh, we already talked about, obviously, Saguaro Hamilton on ESPN. Is that the game that you're going to be at, or where are you going to be this Friday? Uh, yeah, so I'll be there. Um, probably taking I'll, – I'll do a extended edit of that game. Uh, just because it'll it'll be a bigger one, so that'll be a longer one. Uh, that'll take a long time to edit. <laughs> Normally, I can get it out Saturday, but that might be a whole weekend project. Yeah. Because uh, that that that'll be a good one. And then the week after, I'm not quite sure, but I might be watching my boys at Boulder Creek again. Because uh, I actually haven't. I've only been to one Boulder Creek game this year. Uh, I need to go to more. <laughs> yeah. We are in the drumline too, right? Yeah, so that was the one game that I was at, uh, was a home game in which we performed for the first time in like eight months. Uh, I mean, had a blast, but I need to actually go and cover that game, cover a game for them. Uh, I've covered JV games for them. I will cover freshman games, but um, I mean, I got to give Cisneros and uh, Bear Milicek some love over there. Um, are you... Are you going to be performing again? Take me through. Like, uh, I'm sure it's really busy on a drumline day, um, and then you're trying to cover and everything. What's that like? So, really, I don't take photos or video when I'm performing, um, and that was the first time I'd, I'd ever covered a game and performed, uh, like, on the same night. So uh, they put the whole band in one of the end zones, and we were kind of like, dodging field goals the whole night uh, but uh, they put us in one of the end zones and so I was live tweeting the game and then in between tweets I was playing whenever we had the signal so it was it was a juggling act for sure and then at halftime we go do our own like performance just the drum line um, and so there's there was a period of probably about an hour and a half during the game where I just didn't tweet anything and so there were a bunch of tweets coming out after that because uh, I was trying to get caught up. What do you think has been the most fun that you've had so far being an intern, not only for Chile, but with Arizona Varsity? Um, I'm going to say the Madden simulations and those broadcasts. I have so much fun with those. Um, it's really enjoyable to see people come out and, uh, you know, just have fun, you know, chatting live i think the whole live aspect is so cool and i really want to do more of that um if i can so i don't know i've got a couple ideas in the works maybe 
maybe eventually we'll uh we'll expand <laughs> absolutely are you a are you a gamer do you play madden yourself oh yeah i i come up with my best ideas when i play madden so like sometimes i set aside time just to play madden because it like gets me thinking are you a my career guy or do you play online or what's your what's your style at madden i'm so i'm a mix of playing online and the like on the ranked modes but also dynasty um i pretty much start a cleveland browns dynasty uh or franchise every year uh that just kind of happens and i always get into like the year like 2050 uh just because i play so much um but I, i've been enjoying the ranked modes this year i think i'm like top ten thousand. i think it's something up there wow what's your style are you a run guy or are you a pass guy do you play balanced or are you like me and as soon as you go down two touchdowns you get frustrated and then fake every punt and field goal um and then end up losing by 30. I used to be a huge fake guy. I also used to run like the air raid in the NFL uh, type offense, um, but that's changed up. Generally, I'll play balanced until I see what my opponent does, and then I'll play and adjust and literally all run or all pass off of that. <laughs> now, you might be a little too young for this, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. But Eric and I have talked about our, some of our favorite sports games before. And I think Eric and I can both agree that at the top of our list is the NCAA college football games. Agreed. Oh, Did you yeah. ever play those? Yeah, of course. I still I have a copy two feet from me of NCAA 05. <laughs> oh, my uh, Larry, goodness. Okay. Larry Fitzgerald on the cover uh, when he was at Pitt. Ooh, okay. I like it. So here's my question to you. Have you ever thought about running a simulation on that? Because to my knowledge, you can actually, well, maybe not anymore, I guess, but you used to be able to actually customize uniforms and like yeah. actually make those high school teams. Like I know, like when I played those games, I was, I was still at Highland playing for Highland. I would always play as, you know, Highland. I think I even made a team with our logo and everything. Yeah. So NCAA 14, the last NCAA game to come out, I was originally going to do the simulation on that. Um, because of the whole uniform builder, and they actually used to do a whole team builder. Mm -hmm. um, they shut that down, EA Sports, after the whole NCAA game series shut down. Um, all those features went away, um, so there's no more like customizing that stuff. I'm not 100% sure if you can still customize uniforms, because um, I just you know play as the the generic teams. I love playing as Larry on that game; it's so fun. Yeah, um, but uh, generally, I'd like to keep it to Madden, uh, you know, whatever the newest game is. One, for the graphics, um, and two, because uh, it has more ability to change some of the rankings. Um, I went back, I initially did it on NCAA, and it was a little clunky. But I don't know, maybe, maybe in the spring we'll do a special, like, showcase sim of something, uh, or, like, all-time teams. Arizona All-State teams or something like that on one of the old NCAA games and get a little bit of nostalgia. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Because I remember even when I used to play those games, I mean, you know, like I said, Highland was there. Um, pretty sure someone made a Chandler, a Saguaro, a Hamilton. Um, I think there was even like Gilbert was on there and Mesquite. So it was, it was kind of cool to see that, you know, all of these high school teams from Arizona were actually being made. And I was able to actually you know, I like customize my schedule to put them on the schedule. So it's like I'm actually playing like, you know, a true high school season in, in some way. Yeah, I've seen people do it or I used to see people do it where they'd make like the whole Pac-12 just AZ schools or they'd make like the whole Power 5. I saw one project a long time ago. Keep in mind, I was only like 10 or 11. But yeah, I remember uh, playing as Boulder Creek back then <laughs> on NCAA 14. That was so fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ed, we'll probably do a throwback sim uh, sometime in the off season. Maybe a couple of them. Just do a mini series and have some fun. That'd be awesome. Um, Andrew, do you play? Um, do you ever play like a single player? Like the uh, you can be the quarterback or be the running back or anything, or are you too advanced for that? 
because that's what my dumb mind goes to. <laughs> so I actually, on NCAA 14, I used to wake up at like 5.30 in the morning before school. I'd turn on SportsCenter at 6, and then I'd like to watch the – actually, no. I'd watch the SportsCenter Top 10 at like 5.55, you know, that last like five minutes, because that was what every 10-year-old watched at that point. Um, and then I would turn on my Xbox 360 and play NCAA on uh, Heisman mode, which was where you just control yourself. Um, and I had like, I set it on 15 minute quarters and I had like 3000 yards rushing. And that was probably one of the most fun times I've had on a video game. That's awesome. Uh, Andrew, before we let you go, I do want to kind of put you on the spot here because as you know, with Arizona varsity, we all do the Ocho rankings where it's basically you know, our picks for who we think is going to make the open division. So right now, tell me, if the open division started this Friday, who do you think we would see in it? In no, all right, no particular order here. Okay. I'm going to go Chandler, Hamilton, Saguaro, the obvious three. I'm going to go Castile, Desert Edge, Boulder Creek, Corona del Sol, and Highland. Okay. Those are my eight. And I think Boulder Creek, huh? I like that. I've got to back my boys. I have to. I think, you know, that one point loss to Castile, uh, now Castile playing like one of the best teams in the state, I think shows a lot. And uh, I feel like there's a chance to go seven and one, which would would be crazy after going 0 and one. So let me ask you this, though Chandler and Hamilton, which one. Or how many losses do they each have? Do you think one of them go? Well, obviously one of them has to go, you know, undefeated unless one of them slips up before then. But you just mentioned Highland, and Highland plays both Chandler and Hamilton later on this season. So you think they might get in even with like two losses, or do you think Highland catches one of them off guard? I think they play spoiler. Okay. I think, I think right. those linebackers, that defense as a whole. Um, is going to play spoiler at some point this season, and it'll probably be one of those two games. So I think you'll see Highland with one loss, Chandler with one loss, Hamilton with one loss. Um, I'm not sure about Saguaro. Um, you know, they've, I believe they're only playing a seven, six or seven game season this year. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure how that will will affect them. But I think Castile probably goes 8-0. Um, Del Sol probably goes 8-0. Desert Ridge probably goes 8-0. I mean, you're going to see... I doubt you see a two-loss team in the, in the Open. So do you think Castile 8-0 gets a higher ranking than Chandler and Hamilton and Highland at one loss? I think whoever wins the Chandler-Hamilton game is one. Is one, okay. And then you probably have, you know, a Castile, maybe a Highland, maybe a Saguaro at 2-3. And then, you know, the loser of that uh, Chandler Hamilton game will probably be at like a four or five, which is ridiculously low for the level of talent that both of those teams have. But I think you have to give credit where credit is due to those teams that might have gotten eight. No, um, you know, Castile's only been a school for five years, and here they are making a run at a possible open uh, contending spot, which is just absurd to me. You know, personally, I could see Castile. If they were to go 8-0, I could see them leapfrogging one of those one-loss teams like you mentioned uh, because their schedule has been a lot harder. Now, Corona del Sol, granted, I do think they're going to either be a one-loss or no-loss team. Um, their schedule, though, is a little bit weaker, so I don't know if on paper it's going to look better or, I guess, based on the formula, unless they, you know, miraculously, like, you know, change it up and have, have like, a, you know, an actual human element to the voting aspect, but... Um, I don't think a team like that would be able to jump like a one loss Hamilton, a one loss Saguaro, one loss Chandler, if that were to be the case. Um, but I could see Castile. I mean, Castile's played, man, they already played Higley. They played Queen Creek now, who obviously preseason was number two on max preps. What do you think about Cibola? Do they deserve a recognition if they go six and zero, Andrew? 6A team going 6-0 is not nothing. I mean, who do they play? They play all, <laughs> all Yuma teams. They're not actually right. eligible. Yuma teams aren't. Mm, they're not eligible for the postseason 
this year because of COVID and everything. But um, I think that if you go 6-0 and and you're a 6A team, you deserve some sort of recognition. So they can pull one of those UCF uh, claiming themselves as the champions if no one else goes so undefeated. Just the night before the rankings get announced, just claim the title. That's right. I think if they go 6-0, regardless, they'll have a shot at the 6A. They're not I mean, eligible obviously. anyway. So Oh, they uh, aren't. Oh, no, okay. They're not eligible at all. So it doesn't really matter. But I stuck my flag in Cibola at the beginning of the year. And they might end up not going 6-0 and anyway, and I'll look extra stupid. But... Um, <laughs> See, I could see them being like Glendale, though. Remember, Glendale went like 10 and 0 and then barely squeaked in as like the number 16 seed in the 4A playoffs a couple years ago, or was it last year? Glendale, because their schedule just wasn't strong enough. Probably this year. Well, yeah, but their schedule's not strong enough. And that's not a knock on Glendale. But I'm just saying, like, there's, when your schedule isn't strong enough, you know, you know, I, I mean, at that point, who knows what's going to happen? And then. They went as the 16 seed and they lost to the number one seed in the 4A playoffs. So yeah. that's why I'm saying it's you, you can't really tell with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I just right. like the idea of uh, uh, the absurdity of a team going undefeated and not making the playoffs. It's uh, yeah. a weird system we have. Uh, I think year in general. Right. I think it's going to happen this year. Uh, I mean, we're definitely, I don't think we see a two loss team in the playoff this year. But we're definitely going to see one loss teams jump undefeated teams, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but that's just the way the computer <laughs> generates that. I think so. Going back to my top eight, uh, with you know Boulder Creek and Del Sol really not having that great of schedules, um, I I do think out of uh, all the years, uh, in, well recent years, I think the six A Southwest Boulder Creek's uh, region. It's probably the strongest I've seen. Uh, you know, a lot of times you last year, obviously they were they were in a really stacked region with Shap and Brophy and all that. Um, but even with the shuffling, I mean, obviously you have Shadow Ridge, uh, O'Connor played Desert Edge tough. Uh, Ridge beat Notre Dame Prep last week. Um, so all those teams, like, I don't think they have open shots generally um, with with who they play, but I could definitely see, you know, somebody's going to come out 8-0 or 7-1. Definitely. Yeah. But Mountain Ridge game is going to be tough this week. Um, Shadow Ridge hasn't lost yet, and then Sunny Slope hasn't lost yet. They've only played, um, I think, two games, but still. So those are going to be tough. If they, I mean, those are legitimate teams. Um, and if they do go undefeated the rest of the year, I agree with you. I think... Um, seven and one with a one point loss to Castile is pretty good record hypothetically. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andrew, thank you again so much for joining us. Um, it's great to have you on with Arizona varsity. Obviously Eric and I are also brand new, but we've been very close with Ralph and Chili and Cody and the entire gang, uh, for a couple of years now, but it's definitely great to see what, you know, we're all accomplishing together and, everything that you're doing is just an added bonus at this point and you know arguably even better than you know what eric and i are doing for the site as well so um and i think i can speak for eric when i say that too so um, oh yeah we suck <laughs> <laughs> no but for real uh, andrew thank you so much again this was andrew morgan joining us uh just chili at just chili's intern um Definitely make sure to give him a follow. It is uh, AJ Morgan writes, and you said you just changed that that handle actually, right? You just changed it to that. Yeah, I think I uh, took inspiration from uh, a certain someone that may be on this podcast. I was just scrolling Twitter one day and thought it would maybe be a good idea. So sorry, Eric, for kind of stealing your thing, but uh, <laughs> all good, man. I like it. There's a lot of Andrew Morgans in the world, so it's very hard to find a Twitter handle. I'm glad I can be of uh, some sort of backwards assistance for you. Um, <laughs> I, I take pride in that. You've made my day. Andrew, I'm going to warn you, though. Let that be the only thing you take from Eric. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a lot of respect for both of you. So, uh, you know, I hope to continue to be working with you guys. Uh, it's awesome being on here. Um, again, if you guys ever need a thing, I mean, just let me know. I'm always here. Uh, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a high school student. So, uh, (laughs) 
you know, I'm up for anything. Right on, man. Yeah, definitely. And the, and the respect goes both ways, too. So uh, thank you again for joining us. And uh, I will see you Friday night for sure. Absolutely. Thank you again to Andrew for joining us. Please give him a follow on Twitter at AJ Morgan writes. Uh, like I said, he does a lot of very cool things with Arizona varsity from the simulation to the highlights to, uh, you know, all the pictures. I mean, really what, and he's also a writer. So everything he does is pretty much endless at this point. So give him a follow. He's going to be, like I said, in this business for a very long time and he's going to be very successful at it. Uh, Eric, one thing that I kind of want to jump into really quick, um, Bob Hayes, by the way, number 22. Yep. Um, Let's talk volleyball for a second here. The The first rankings for volleyball came out about a week and a half or so ago now. And, you know, we haven't really talked a lot about other sports other than football, but that's going to change. So looking at the 6A rankings, currently we have Perry on top, obviously famous coach there and Fred Mann. Uh, we've got Hamilton right after that. We've got Highland. We got Sunny Slope, Sandra Day O'Connor. Desert Vista's at number six. They're having one of their best seasons in years. I think this is actually their best start since 2015 when they actually won the state title. Looking at these rankings for 6A, we can even jump into 5A as well. What What's kind of going through your mind seeing these teams up top here? There are two initial things that um, really surprise me. And one is how well Sunny Slope has done so far. Um, I guess I shouldn't say surprise, but stand out. Um, they're five and zero. They are the reigning five A champions. Um, they beat Millennium in an absolute stunning game last year. Uh, I was at that one. They beat them in the fifth set. It was crazy. Um, beat them by like two points in the fifth set. And you know they brought some talent back, but they had a couple of their best girls left. Um, so for them to be five and zero to this point, be ranked number four is cool. Um, and then I think this is one you're going to talk about too. Number 16, uh, Basha. They're the reigning champions of this uh, conference. But to be 3-8 and eight is, I mean, it's, a, it's an apt ranking. They've had a tough schedule. Um, but, you know, it's crazy that normally in a lot of these sports, the team that wins it the year before does well. Um, but they, they're struggling a little bit. And 3-8. and eight, is is tough yeah that that kind of surprised me too when i first saw these rankings because you know basha was one of those teams that i don't want to say they came out of nowhere last year because they were you know for the last few years now they've pretty much been in the top 10 um but they they were very impressive in that championship game um i was a little surprised to see like you know that they're struggling a bit this year um, I know they were very senior heavy last year. So, you know, as is the case with a lot of football programs that you and I both cover, they might just be pretty young. And, you know, despite whether you're at the varsity level before or not, it's kind of hard to go from, you know, maybe not seeing the court very much to obviously being a starter. So maybe it's just that kind of, uh, I don't know, I guess that that might be where most of their struggles are coming from. Um, but I mean, if you look at the top nine, even, I mean, you've got Pinnacle eight and two, you've got Mountain View nine and one, Desert Vista seven and one, O'Connor's eight and one, Sunny Slope, as you mentioned, five and oh, Highland eight and one, Hamilton nine and one, Perry eight and oh, all of these teams are basically separated by a game. And obviously they don't take it that into account with any of the rankings, but it's all based on, you know, opponent ratings and all that stuff. But, you know, if this were like any of like the professional sports, like baseball, football, whatever, I mean, we would be looking at nearly a man five way tie for the number two spot right now. If you, you know, leave Perry at number one because they're undefeated. It's just crazy how top heavy that, you know, the 6A conference really is. And even looking at 5A, it's kind of the same thing. Horizons 10-0. Millennium is eight and one, Sunrise Mountain six and two, Gilbert seven and two. And then you get Sienna at four and one. Obviously, they just haven't played as many games, but 
after that, you kind of got a couple two loss, three loss teams, and then other teams that, you know, haven't really played a whole lot. But, you know, volleyball is one of those sports where you always have a lot of close teams as far as the rankings go. And it's always, you know, maybe a toss up to even see who earns that number one ranking, because it could be the difference of one team that is, you know, maybe five and five versus a four and six team. You know what I mean? Definitely. I think speaking of 5A, the conference, uh, I believe, is millenniums to lose. Although they're number two right now, um, they've been in the championship game the last two years, and they brought back a decent amount of talent from last year's team that got upset by Sunny Slope. Um, And they've lost one game. They lost 2-3 to Cactus Shadows, which is six right now. So they're a solid team as well. Um, But since then, they've rattled off eight wins in a row. And I think they are the class of 5A. Horizon obviously is undefeated at 10-0 and at this point in time. But um, I think that they need to prove it to me. And I, I mean, I haven't seen them play myself. But a win over Sunrise Mountain is good. Um, but they've been kind of running through teams as of recent that, you know, aren't really the, um, the class yet of the of the conference. So we'll see. Yeah. Millennium beat Sunrise Mountain, as you mentioned, which is number three right now, they beat them three to two and then they beat Gilbert. Who's number four currently three to one. So, you know, Millennium definitely has that it factor, I guess you can say when it comes to some of the other top teams. And, you know, like you mentioned, Cactus Shadows got them. Uh, I think that last set, it looks like it was only a, it was a 15 to 13 win for Cactus Shadows. So, Obviously, wasn't easy by any means. Um, but to your point, that was the first game of the season, and they've gone 8-0 since then. So, um, And a lot of those weren't really that close, aside from Sunrise Mountain. They, yeah, looking at it right now, after Sunrise Mountain, the next, what is it, six games after that, or six matches, I should say, after that, uh, Verado is the only team to win a set against them. So other than that, they've basically swept every other team. So Millennium is is definitely, you know, definitely one of the teams, like you said, to be in the 5A conference. Um, looking at the 4A really quick, Seton Catholic, always very good athletic programs, especially on the girl side. Um, South Point Catholic is number two, Australia Foothills three. Notre Dame Prep 4, Flagstaff 5, Deer Valley, Mesquite, Greenway, Yunker, and Paradise Honors rounding out the top 10 there. So uh, Mesquite's one of those teams that, again, you know, legendary volleyball coach, very good beach volleyball program as well. Um, You cover Estrella Foothills uh, religiously when it comes to football. So what do you think about their volleyball team? I think that they... Their only loss is to that Seton Catholic, pre, uh, Seton Catholic, yeah. So that's probably the reason that Seton Catholic's number one. But Australia Foothills surprised a lot of people. They were um, last year. They had a kind of an easier schedule, but made it all the way to the championship game. Um, they in their conference don't play normally a lot of the top teams. Um, Yonkers usually decent, but or a region I should say they don't normally play a ton of top teams, and it's just kind of the the way their schedules worked out. Um, and their one really, really tough game this year was against Seton Catholic, but they haven't lost a set since then. Um, so I would not be surprised if they're one of the top teams when it comes to this. And I think that the, I think I surprised both of us or we're both a little bit surprised that we can actually have a, a decent volleyball discussion. It shows we're um, a little more rounded than um, maybe we thought which is good in this and not in life. I don't want to be rounded. Um, <laughs> work too hard on my exercise bike to be that. Um, speaking of food. Okay. Sort of. You told me you had a question for me. And we were talking about, because before we were doing this, I was eating. Um, and you're quizzing me about my my diet and everything. What's the question you had for me, Zach? So to kind of set the stage a little bit more. So when we first jumped on before we started recording, Eric, all I could hear from him was, you know, the clinging of a fork or a spoon on a plate or a bowl. Um, It might have been a bowl, depending on what you were eating. So it was a bowl. Okay, yeah. Um, So I asked him what he was eating. And then it kind of brought back memories from when Eric and I would go sit outside the East Valley Tribune office 
and kind of talk about, you know, random things. Um, and a lot of it, like, like it is with this podcast, it was food. So, you know, Eric just moved. He, uh, you know, he lives in Scottsdale now, very bougie. Um, and he told me that I can come over anytime to, you know, come check out his new place and whatever. And I do plan on doing that. But my question to you, Eric, I'm going to put you on the spot. So if you say no, everyone listening is going to be mad at you. At least I hope. If I come over, can you make me your famous stuffed peppers? I don't know if they're famous, but they're pretty good. Um, if you give me some time in advance to know about it and everything. They're I'll solid. be there tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah, they are good. I haven't had that in a long time. I forgot I told you about that. Um, and you sent me a picture too a long time I ago, and, and it looked it looked really good. I think you sent it to uh, the group chat that we had with two of our other coworkers. Yeah, they were solid. Um, I I probably haven't had them since then. So um, even if you're not coming over tomorrow, which I don't believe you are, because we both have work stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also Dave Duerson. Um, oh, okay. By the way, just to to keep rounding this thing out. But um, yeah, they're great. I love cooking different kind of things. And that was something my mom used to make when we were uh, when I was a kid. And um, I asked her for a recipe one day. And she's like, Oh, I just looked at the internet. Um, <laughs> so there wasn't some special thing I, I figured there would be like, um, an awesome story or something behind it. But no, it was just that my mom um, happened to find a recipe online somewhere, probably like cooking.com or whatever. So um, there's not a lot of tradition in the Newman house other than um, jokes and ripping on each other. Okay. I can respect that. Um, what What's what's some of the other favorite dishes that you make? I've been really into the instant pot recently. Uh, okay. That's what I was having today is super easy. Uh, you can get a crock pot or whatever, throw a bunch of vegetables in whatever kind of meat source you want. Super easy. Just click the button and forget about it. Um, and then 30 minutes later, you've got a well-cooked meal and you can make a bunch of it and meal prep and everything. It's, it's great. I like that. You know who else I like? Tayshawn Prince. Tayshawn Prince is a good one. Uh, right? And see, I'm from Michigan, so I got I got to throw out a little bit of piston love there. Yeah. Um, Gaylord Perry is okay. um, a good one. Um, yep. He, he makes me happy. That was a good one. That was a good one. And for those of you that are maybe a little confused, at the very beginning, if you recall, uh, we did you know touch a little bit on the best. Well, actually... Eric surprised me with, you know, the best uh, the best athletes to ever wear number 22. Um, so that's kind of why we've been randomly saying names. And if you kind of now know that um, you can go back and listen to all the all the guys that we've said, uh, by the way, Danny Ainge wore uh, number 22 at BYU. So there's another one. Um, I actually, you know, fun fact, Danny Ainge, I actually went to uh, went to school with his nephews at Highland. Did you? Yeah, they both played on the basketball team. One of them is Jake Tolson. He actually played at BYU and then transferred over to, I want to say, Utah Valley, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but um, yeah, Connor Tolson was the other one. You know who I went to school with? Who? No one famous. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. All right, let's wrap this up. All right. Um, James Jones. Um, oh yeah, Jimmy Butler's number twenty-two, huh? Yeah, about that one. Huh, that's a good one. He's not. He's still playing, obviously, but you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, Eric, what are you looking forward to the most? Really quick before we wrap this up, what are you looking forward to the most with week four of the prep football season? Robinson Cano. I am looking forward to (laughs) getting into uh, teams are getting more into region play Um, and maybe some of them will still take a week to get there, but 
especially in 4A and under, they've only got four games left. Um, so they're getting into region play, which is exciting because that's where a lot of the big rivalries are and everything. But that's kind of the big thing. And we're seeing teams um, get into, um, you know, Saguaro Hamilton, um, Centennial's playing Pinnacle. We're getting big matchups um, just like we did earlier in the year. And normally at about this time, uh, middle of the season, there's always a week or two um, traditionally where there aren't a ton of great games. But what I'm excited for is the fact that every single week there's an important game in terms of standings and everything. Um, normally, and I think you would agree with this, there's, you know, like I said, a lull and we're just kind of grinding through the season. But that that doesn't exist. And so that's pretty exciting. I'm going to agree with you. Um, you pretty much just summed up exactly what I was thinking. So uh, I'm not really going to expand on that much more. Um, but yeah, I think getting into region play, especially when you look at like the premier region with, you know, Highland and Higley and Chandler Hamilton. And um, I think I'm missing the fourth team in that region or sorry, fifth team, I should say in that region. Um, but you know, obviously we're going to be getting into games like that. I mean, you know, Andrew said it in the podcast. Um, oh, Perry, by the way. Um, you know, he thinks, and, and I even said this when I thought that the Highland defense was better than the 2018 team. Andrew Morgan thinks that Highland is going to play spoiler against Hamilton or Chandler. One of those two teams, he actually believes that Highland's going to catch them off guard finish seven and one on the season and sneak into the open division. Um, you know, I can't say I 100% agree with him because I think Hamilton and Chandler along with Saguaro are still on another tier compared to the rest of the teams. But I mean, I've been wrong before, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong and I'll, I'll own that hundred percent. Um, so, I mean, I think it will just be, it'll be really interesting to see what happens there with the region play. Like you mentioned, and we're getting into even more exciting times when it comes to football because we are going to see those rivalry games kick up. Um, you know, later on in the season, I've got the two people, which I'm sure we're going to talk about quite a bit when the time comes because obviously you also covered the two people for a couple of years. So, you know, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. We've got a lot of good things ahead. It's just important that we don't take it for granted because it could be taken away very easily which is why it's important for everyone to still follow those guidelines and you know obviously you know remain as healthy as possible so there isn't any issues um but yeah bobby lane you know what i mean eric bobby lane i know what you mean um give us the Kawhi leonard and Derek jeter hugging each other give us a <laughs> Um, give us our wrap and let's get out of here. As always, thank you to everybody for listening, coming back every single week, listening to Eric and I talk about random stuff, including obviously, you know, saying random players who wore number 22 throughout the entire podcast. Again, if you didn't really catch up on that, then I, I encourage you to go back and listen. We kind of said them randomly throughout the show. So, uh, you know, not to make you do it or anything, but you have to listen to the entire episode in order to hear everyone who we talked about. Um, give us all a follow on Twitter at Zach Elvira, at Enuman Rights, at AZHSFB, and at Arizona Varsity. We will see you all on a sideline this Friday. Thank you again for listening. Mike Bossy.